Hey, it's Chris here. Can I ask a quick favour of you? If you've picked up a copy of my book, Rise of the Youpreneur, and you can spare 60 seconds to drop a quick review up on Amazon, it would mean the world to me. I read every single one of them, and they simply brighten my day every day. Plus, if you send me a copy of the review, you can just post it up on social and tag me at Chris Ducker or email me directly, chris at chrisducker.com. I'll send you a free gift that I know you're going to love, and it's super useful as well, just as a way to say thank you for doing so. And if you've not got a copy of the book yet, what are you waiting for? Head over to youpreneur.com right now to grab your copy. Thanks for listening to this short message, and let's get started with this week's episode. This is Youpreneur FM, the official podcast of the Youpreneur Mastermind Community, a place where no entrepreneur gets left behind in their pursuit of building a business they can be proud of. And now, and now, here's your host, serial entrepreneur and best-selling author, Chris Ducker. Chris Ducker. Well, hello there and welcome to episode number 329 of Youpreneur FM. I am your host, Chris Ducker, as always, and you, my friend, are in the right spot if you are an entrepreneur wanting to build a business based around you, your personality, your experience, and the people that you just love to serve. Yes, this is the personal branding business podcast for you. And this week, actually, we've got a very, very interesting show because my good friend Mike Stelsner, uh, the founder of Social Media Examiner and host with the most of Social Media Marketing World, which I'll be speaking at again for the fifth time, actually, uh, just uh, next month, is in the house to talk all about some massive massive changes that he has experienced in the last few months, looking really crunching the numbers and the data behind his own content marketing. However, before we get cracking, just a quick reminder that Youpreneur FM is brought to you by the Youpreneur Mastermind community, the premier online community for entrepreneurs wanting to build a profitable, sustainable business based around their experience and those that they want to serve. Community members get exclusive access to our acceleration training library, which includes everything you'll need to know to build, market, and monetize a successful business. And couple that together with our monthly mastermind calls, discounted tickets to our live events, and access to our enthusiastic, supportive member-only forums. And you've got everything you need to succeed. If you're serious about building the business of you, as I call it, and in the most rewarding, profitable way possible, then you must join us. So be sure to head over to youpreneur.com today for more info. So on to my conversation with Mike Stelsner. If you don't know Mike and what he's all about, obviously you're going to find out a lot about him in the next 30 minutes or so. However, I will say that as I've gotten to know Mike better and better and better over the course of the time that we've been friends, um, quite frankly, he never ceases to amaze me. He's probably one of the most transparent entrepreneurs doing business in the online world. He throws it all out there, warts and all. All the good stuff as well as all the bad stuff is there. Uh, talk about, you know, kind of airing your dirty laundry. Mike is an expert at it. But let me tell you something. He has been able to almost rebrand himself 
personally by doing this over the last 18 months or so with his show, The Journey. So we're going to be talking about that, why he started this weekly video show, the struggles that he's had being uh, sort of putting it together and producing it and working with his team to, to come together and shoot it and everything. But also, more importantly, what the numbers actually showed him very, very recently in regards to how it was being consumed or, in some cases, not consumed. So I won't waffle on anymore. Here's myself and Mike talking all about the journey and why he's made some of the most ridiculously drastic changes any of us have ever seen when it comes to a video show over the recent months. Enjoy. So, Mike, welcome back to the show. Thank you, Chris. Is this my second time? It is your second time. I feel like, we, I mean, we're at, what, 300 plus episodes now? <laughs> Clearly, we need to spend a little bit more time together, my man. <laughs> well, hey, I appreciate you saying, come on back. So there you go. You, man. Well, look, I'm excited to talk today because, um, you know, the people tuning into the show, they know that I've been doing more video recently. They know that I, you know, I started vlogging towards the end of 2018, um, doing a lot more social video, getting more involved with video in general. We clearly know that this is a big thing. You have been doubling down on this now for a good couple of years yourself with the journey. Can't wait to talk about that because I'm an avid watcher and viewer, fan, whatever you want to call it, um, but also some of the pretty major moves that you've made in the last few months in relation to that show and how you're distributing it and what the results are of those changes. So uh, if you're ready, we'll just deep dive and I'm just going to throw a, stun of, a, a ton of stuff at you. Is that all right? Fire away, my man. Okay. All right. So the journey. For those who are tuning in that are not already aware of it and what it's about, give us the two-minute elevator pitch. I think documentary series, docu-series. Basically, it's a behind-the-scenes story, true story of how we do what we do at our company. We release one episode a week. It's about seven minutes long. I'm the central character, and the other people that are in there are obviously staff and contractors. And... That's the story. And every week it's to be continued. It has a lot of drama, has a lot of ups and downs as any good story does. And we're on season two. As of this recording, I think we're about to publish episode 16 or 17. Great. Now I have viewed every episode. I think I loved it the, from the moment you started with, with season one. Uh, I thought it was great. And I mean, I've been to your offices. I've hung out with you enough to know um, the kind of person that you are and the integrity that you have as a business owner and everything. But you're really, I mean, <laughs> you're opening the kimono here way more than I think the majority of people even expected. I mean, Everything's right. I mean, dirty laundry is really the term. I mean, you're throwing everything at this thing, right? Yeah. Well, think about any good story, Chris. Have you ever watched, imagine, imagine um, uh, Lord of the Rings, right? It's about, right. it's about this quest for a ring. What if, what if Frodo got the ring after five minutes? Would anybody yeah. ever watch it? <laughs> right. <laughs> no, right. I mean, no, he has to face all sorts of crazy things and that's reality. That's life. People love stories that have unexpected twists and life for me happens to be that way. And I think that makes for good story. And the reason why this is so important and everybody ought to listen to this is because in a day where we struggle to get attention, to get people to pay attention to us, to 
re- be remembered, to be memorable, to be recommended. Story is the thing that cuts through because as people get to know you, like you, trust you, then they begin evangelizing you, sharing your content, telling their friends about you. And that's ultimately what helps you grow your business. It absolutely is. And I mean, in today's social world, as you well know, um, you know, there's nothing more important than people talking about you in the right way. I mean, I often say that, you know, you're, you're, you are fundamentally what people say about you when you're not at that conference or when you're not at the coffee meeting, that's your reputation. That's how people think about you. How do you feel the journey has, I mean, clearly it's helped, you know, social media marketing world as a show, as a conference. Um, in terms of spreading that word and what that's all about. Um, it's obviously helps, you know, um, the social media examiner as a, as a company, as a, a media powerhouse that it's become over the last, you know, six, seven years, whatever it is. How do you think it's helped Mike though? How's it helped Mike Stelzner and his? Yeah, it's, it's a wonderful question because before I did the journey, I've been doing podcasting now for six and a half years. Okay. And on my social media marketing podcast, Everything is polished. Everything is me digging in and asking questions and engaging conversation between me and an expert. And when I made the decision to do the journey, I had to come to grips in my brain with the fact that I'm going to have to show some things that I don't want the world to necessarily know about me previously. Hmm. I'm going to have to show the struggles. I'm going to have to show that sometimes things don't work the way that I want them to work. And I will know full well that when I start this journey, there are going to be people watching that are going to say, this guy doesn't know what the hell he's doing (laughs) or, or this guy, what's wrong with this guy? Why would I ever want to be affiliated with this guy? That's the fear that I had to face. But the flip side of it, Chris was so much more valuable, Mm -hmm. so much more alluring for me to be willing to deal with those trolls and demons because the flip side of it was people I knew would come to me and say, wow, I've heard his podcast, but now I really like this guy. Holy cow. He is just like me. He's flawable. He's human. Mm. He and I, we're alike. I like this guy. I want to support this guy. There was no way I could get there without going through all that stuff. I love that. And I mean, you know, this is, this is the whole thing. I mean, everybody talks about being authentic and transparent and all this other sort of stuff, but I mean, you truly are doing it more so today, like you said, than you have done before in the past. I mean, do you, do you feel, do you feel like this is maybe overused now, this whole transparency or authenticity sort of type of angle? Do you think that there's a lot of people that claim to be doing it? No, no one's doing it, Chris. No one's doing it. Yeah, yeah. There's nobody doing it. Um, The reality is you do have people publishing stuff on, you know, social media saying I had a crappy day, but that's not the same. You know what I mean? Um, What I do is I strategically do it. I make sure every week I'm doing it. (laughs) Right. I don't don't see people doing this at all because they're scared to do this. Um, But the reality is that is what makes you unique. And in, you know, like, like back to what I said earlier, in a competitive space, if you want to stand out, you need to be different. And those that are crushing it often are sharing their struggle. We think of our mutual friend, Cliff Ravenscraft. Mm-hmm. He has done this so well on his podcast, Chris, because he's gone through a lot of shifts in his brand, right? I mean, like he's not even a podcast answer man anymore. Now he's the mindset answer man. Right, so, right. So he's been talking about, for a long time on his podcast, all the 
challenges that he's faced and the uncertainties and how he should pivot. And he's been very open about that. And as a result, a lot of people have been attracted to him. And, and, and this is the hardest part for most people that are doing personal branding to really wrap their brain around is that when you share your true self and you're willing to share some of the struggles and some of the triumphs that end up coming as you pivot and stuff, mm-hmm. what you end up doing is you end up repelling the wrong audience and attracting the right audience. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's kind of akin to uh, the flip side of this is those people that are very negative and polarizing sometimes like, Gary V, right? Gary V can say things that are highly polarizing in the past because he talks about this whole hustle mentality. Yep. And in the process, he alienates everybody that doesn't believe in the hustle, but that's okay. He draws the people that believe in the hustle to him in a powerful, powerful way. Right. And I mean, and that's, and that's his way of being able to kind of niche down his audience at the first contact point, which is when they discover him the first time, right? Exactly. Yeah. So, so yeah, it is. Most people I don't think are doing it. What do you think, Chris? Are you seeing people doing this? I think I'm seeing people attempting to do it. And I think some people are, are attempting to do it a little better than others. Um, I still feel like true transparency, uh, which is what you, I believe, are doing better than anyone out there uh, with the journey. I think true transparency is not as widespread as most people think it is. Um, and-, and, and by the way, let me say this. I don't share everything that's not working. Okay. This is very important. Everything that we do, like we can talk, you know, we film like a lot of content and it takes us like 30 to 40 hours of work to produce one of those seven minute episodes. Mm-hmm. And what we're doing is we're cutting and we're cutting and we're cutting and we're looking for the thread of the storyline and we're trying to make sure it all sews together and it's clean and it's clear and it makes sense but we're also protecting the innocent. So I'm making sure my staff doesn't look like an idiot to the best of my knowledge, to to the best (laughs) of my ability. You know, I'm, I I don't want people to, I don't want to portray them like, 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 like reality television does where they have, they portray a person like who is on survivor as the bad guy, just by selectively showing only certain things that they say. So we're very careful about making sure that we represent the person truly who they are. Um, But we, always try to make sure we're including enough of the challenge, but also not just a hundred percent of the problem all the time, because if there wasn't ever a little bit of resolution, uh, then no one would ever want to keep watching the story. Yeah. Okay. So let, let me ask you this then let's talk output. You say 30 to 40 hours to produce a seven minute video. How much of that is you? Like how much time do you personally spend? Cause you're a busy dude. You've got a lot of stuff. Well, going. I have one full-time employee. That is his job. Okay. And that's and Mitch, right? Yeah, that's Mitch. He's right. lives in California, you know, paid California salary. So that's a lot of money for that. Mm-hmm. I spend uh, probably two to three hours editing with him. Okay. Uh, like today I spent a half an hour. I spent an hour with him yesterday, um, you know, and then I have to help him write the scripts and the descriptions. And I'm very involved from an art director kind of perspective because it's my personal nature. Absolutely. Yeah. And I'm good at that. And, and like, together, we're really good team. So I cannot just let him film and step away. I often have to be the one that taps him on the wall and says, Hey, stop editing, pick up your camera, come, come, come film this thing. You know what I mean? Right. So, so it is, uh, it it is, it it would not be as good of a output if it wasn't me actively, you know, helping him try to find the storyline in the video. Well, I think it's important anyway, not only because obviously, 
you are the center, as you put it, the center character in this whole thing, but also your, you know, this is your personal brand that's very closely affected to it as well. Even though it's under the business and it's about promoting the show and talking about how you're growing the business and things like that, everybody's now looking at Mike more so than ever before. How does that make you feel? (laughs) Uh, Well, you know, it is interesting. And by the way, I'll just throw this out there. Journey.show is the domain to get you there. It is interesting because I've got a big, big platform, you know, millions of people. Um, and I've often been kind of like hidden behind that, right? Because it was the social media examiner brand. Right. Like, yeah. yeah. So for me, you know, I've, I've been there before I started social media examiner when I used to be in a different niche and I was well known. And part of me liked it and part of me didn't like it, you know, uh, because there's a bit of a fanboy kind of worship, you know, that's over the top sometimes when you have a big following that I don't appreciate and I don't like because it just makes my ego even bigger. And that's mm-hmm. dangerous. <laughs> mm-hmm. but, but at the same time, um, I'm only doing this because of a business objective. I am not doing this because I want to be more famous at all. So if this show that we're producing doesn't work, I'll stop it tomorrow. I have no desire to want to keep this going. So the only reason I do this is for the business. And it just so happens that building my personal brand actually helps the business because people want to come to social media marketing world to hear what I have to say. Um, Or there's like all these intangible benefits that come from it. People start watching the journey and then they remember I have a podcast and all of a sudden they start listening. Right. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. Or, or they, they realize they, they forgot about that. I have this blog that's got all this great content and they come back to read it again. So, so it's just like a special thing that I do exclusively on one platform. And I know that I'm drawing a new audience to me doing it as well. The one thing that I'm, I want to dive in on here a little bit is not so long ago, you really crunched the numbers on the journey. Um, and you were very, very open and upfront with how the show had been doing, which at the time, Facebook um, was the platform that you were fundamentally utilizing to uh, publish and, and, and broadcast a show. Um, and all of a sudden, things changed. And one of the things I say all the time is the numbers never lie. And I can't help it as an entrepreneur of 15 years with hundreds of employees, millions of dollars yearly, I have to look at those bloody numbers. I cannot let other people do it at the level that I feel I should be doing it at to make sure that the business is not only obviously doing well, but continues to grow. And you really crunched these numbers recently on Facebook with the show. Talk about that a little bit and what the outcome of that little study was. Well, my philosophy was distribute the darn thing everywhere. So I was publishing on Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn, YouTube, and believe it or not, Pinterest um, natively. And because my philosophy was let everybody watch the whole darn thing where they are. Facebook was where we're getting quote unquote, the most watches according to the books. And I even launched telling everyone go watch it on Facebook instead of YouTube, because I believed that maybe I could get into the Facebook watch program. But then after a little while, I started actually going into the analytics and I was surprised at what I saw, Chris. Mm. I was actually floored at what I saw. I had never really looked at it this way. 
but I compared the very same show on YouTube to the show on Facebook. And when I actually looked at the graph, I want you to imagine like a typical graph, you know, from left to right. Um, on Facebook, it would start at the top, which is like second one at 100%. And then it would drop down almost like El Capitan straight down, okay, to literally almost zero within the first 10 seconds. <laughs> and it would stay like, you know, about one or 2%. And then it would drop down to almost nothing. And I was like, wow, our content must suck. That's right. what I was thinking, you know? Right. But then I went on YouTube and I watched the, the analytics on the exact same piece of content there. Guess what I saw? Give it to me. Totally different. 60% watching all the way to the end, Chris. <laughs> I was like, are you right. freaking kidding me? And then I said, okay, wait, hold on a minute. Let me do the math on this. 15,000 people watching it on Facebook. 500 people watching it on YouTube. Do the, do the math on this, okay? So, so let's just, for simplicity's sake, let's say 10,000 people, okay? Right. So the reality was that of the 10,000 people that were watching a video on Facebook, only about 3% were actually clicking the button to play the video, okay? So 10,000, 3% is, well, let's just simplify this. Let's just say it's a, yeah, 10,000 at 3%, I'm doing live math. I probably shouldn't do that. But it's, it's a really low number. It's like 300 or something like that. Am I doing the math on this right? Um, so, but, but the reality was that Let's see, 10,000 times 0.03. Okay, yeah, 300 people. So only 300 yeah, out of 10,000 people, 10, people were actually clicking the play button. Of the people that were clicking the play button, only 25% got to the 32nd mark, okay? So 25% of the 3,000 is literally um, 75 people, okay? So 75 people out of 10,000 people got to the 32nd mark, Chris. Crazy. Wow. Now you go to the, you go to, you go over to YouTube and you take like 500 and you multiply that times 0.6. And I had 300 of them get into the end of the show. And, and here's, here's, here's what it came down to. No one freaking watches video that's longer than maybe a minute on Facebook. Instead, it's a drive-by experience. And what I realized was I was snuckered by the analytics. I was I was, my ego was being fed by the big number of views mm. when in reality, no one was freaking watching it. Mm. And then I started to say, how do people behave on Facebook? Oh, I get it. You're on Facebook. You're scrolling. The video starts auto playing or you click play and you start scrolling and it shows up as a little tiny thing in the corner. And then all of a sudden something else distracts you because those stupid world notifications pop up in the bottom. And before you know it, you're gone. And I'm like, okay, duh. Facebook is not the place for my audience, even though my audience is there in masses compared to YouTube. I just made the crazy decision that I am abandoning long form video on Facebook and my audience freaking freaked out. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it was, it was like seriously big yeah. news. I mean, a lot of people were talking about it and I was even talking to, you know, uh, mutual friends and a lot of people that will be on your stage, uh, in, in my, that was crazy. And well, they, they, they were like, Hey, have you, have you, have you heard what's happened to Mike? What do you mean? What's happened to him? What's like you were having some kind of breakdown or something. Um, oh, he's, he's dumping video on Facebook. He's, he's turning away. You know, he's just going to focus on YouTube now. And, bah, 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 bah. and I mean, look, I, I've got to know you pretty well and you've made 
a lot of these kind of choices over the years, it, it kind of didn't surprise me that much, but it did prick up my ears. Here's what I did. Here's what I did. This is, this is, this is the part everyone's going to love. Okay. I went live, by the way, I was just at social media marketing world in 2018 saying that long form video is where it's at on Facebook. I was talking about it on this keynote stage. I was saying you need to produce episodic long form video on Facebook. Okay. <laughs> so I went live with the public service announcement and I basically said I was wrong. And right. I said, I'm leaving. And I could have said nothing. I could have said nothing and no one would have noticed. Instead, I said, I'm leaving and here's why. And that was a strategic choice that I made to be very transparent. And my audience really freaked out about it. But masses of them said, holy cow, maybe I need to take a look at what Mike is doing. Now, let me fast forward. Now we're getting easily a thousand views within the first day, whenever we publish on YouTube and we'll get up to 15,000 views on YouTube and like 50% of them are getting to the end of the video, Chris. So I think mm. we made the right decision. Mm, mm. No, I think you, I, I mean, clearly you made the right decision. I mean, but then again, you know, there's nothing to say that at some point in the future, things won't change again. I mean, you know, we never know what we don't know. And the future is not as easy as, to predict as maybe if something. If the future changes, be. I will change. Yeah. I mean, go. like that, you know, when the facts change, I change. I mean, that's how we all got to behave in this world because nothing stays the same. Nothing does stay the same. You're absolutely right. So, Okay, let's let's go back to sort of the production of this then, and how and how things have gone in the when 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 did you actually start production on season one? Can you remember the date? The yeah, time? it would have been, it would have been in the fall of two thousand seventeen, leading okay. up to social media marketing world two thousand eighteen. All right, so we're looking at just over a year, uh, you know, a year and a bit, whatever it is, yes. um, and so. What are like like two or three, make us laugh here a little bit, two or three silly things that have happened that maybe <laughs> were, not, were not so um, planned that ended up making it into the show for maybe more comedic reasons, if nothing else. Oh, yes. Well, okay, just the show that came out. Just the show that came out yesterday, I'm filming some YouTube videos in my backyard and a plane goes over, you know, and then all of a sudden I feel a drop and I want, what the heck is it raining? And then, and then I say, oh, that's some of that plain fuselage crap. <laughs> well, you know, and just, just these random things that I say, Mitch figures right. out how to put them in the middle of the thing. And another time I was filming, I'm all, I, I said, um, so don't you hate it when, and then all of a sudden my script flew up in front of the camera. The script flies up in front of the damn camera. <laughs> but I was, but I was, you know, it was just all the outtakes from these commercials that I was doing. So what we do is um, we take all the silly, stupid little things that I say that are funny or that happen. And instead of putting them at the end of the video, we put them throughout the whole darn video, just as comedic relief, you know, cause yeah. I do I say some things that are kind of funny sometimes, you know? Yeah. No, I mean, I, I enjoy it. I, I always get a chuckle once or twice in every episode. I think it's great the, the way that you kind of pepper those in like that. What are some of the things that um, you've been on the fence about including and have ultimately decided not to include and why? Um, well, there's been a lot of mistakes that people on my team have made. And they've been captured on film. Okay. And I thought to myself, that would make for a really good drama. And there's also been some pretty big arguments between me and my staff that would make for some pretty good drama, but it would also destroy that person. So right. 
we, we got pretty close to the line on a lot of that stuff in season one. And we learned late in the season that some of the employees felt like, you know, that we were showing some stuff that maybe was kind of borderline, you know? Mm-hmm. So that, that was the stuff. A lot of that kind of stuff happens all the time. Cause I don't want to, I don't ever want to come across as a jerk. Um, nah. And it can easily be that way if you just show one little piece of it, you know what I mean? So sure. it, a lot of that stuff is not in this season. I mean, but you see, you've got a small team, right? And I mean, even though obviously it's a larger team virtually, but they're in the office, they're the people that are going to be with you in the show more often There's than not. There's about 10 people here in the office. Yeah, exactly. So, I mean, when you told them you were going to start doing this originally, season one, and it was kind of just like a prerequisite that they were basically... No, I just to told them, I, I said, hey, I would always tell them after we film it, by the way, you know, in the beginning... It's funny because I've hired a lot more people since we started filming. Um, It seems to me like you're hiring somebody new every other show, every other week. Yeah. I mean, I've got, yeah. I mean, compared to you, I don't have as many people. I've only, I have like 65 people in the company and 18 are full-time employees, but everybody now knows pretty much to be camera ready. You know what I mean? Um, Right. (laughs) Right. Okay. I was going to say, right. Yeah. You got to understand there's mostly women in the company, right? There's only a couple of guys and it's almost all women. So sometimes I'll Skype them and they're not quite camera ready. So they just kind of know. Right. But the reality is that most of them actually enjoy being on it. At first I just kind of told them, Hey, look, you know, um, if you're in the office, it's, you know, there's a good chance you might end up on the journey. So it's just kind of, they, they now accept it, you know? Right. Uh, and it's just kind of like, they don't think twice about it anymore. But when I do hire new people, I let them know, Hey, this is the deal. You know, um, we don't have to put you on camera, but you know, it'd be nice if, if, if you're comfortable enough, it might only be for a couple of seconds and, and, and eventually they, they learn to like it. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I mean, the one thing I've noticed is that they are, talking to camera more often in the second season than they were in the first season. That's evident to anybody that's seen them all. It's very, very clear uh, that that they are more comfortable, more easygoing and are quite frankly, enjoying it a little bit as well. I like it when they get excited, you know, when that, when, when something works and, and, and there's a breakthrough and they high five and all like, I like all that stuff. That's, that's good. Um, Okay. By the way, that's called direct to camera. So when you're doing a um, little tip for anybody that decides to do this, when you're filming a documentary, um, sometimes the actual thing that happens is not super exciting. So what you can do is what's called cutaway shots. And after something happens, my camera guy goes into all the offices and has them do direct to camera debriefs, just like you would see on a reality television show. Hmm. Like what happened there? How does that make you feel? You know, um, why do you think that's important? And then that footage is used as what's called cutaway shots to kind of make it more interesting. And that's something we didn't do in season one. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I mean, I mean, dude, it, it could be on, I mean, it could be on TV, but then again, a lot of people will say that YouTube is TV nowadays. I mean, I know that I consume probably 90% of what I watch on YouTube on my television set now. So not even on the computer screen, let alone the mobile device. So I, I guess, a YouTube show is a TV show. Would you agree to a certain degree? Kind of, except, you know, it's much shorter, obviously. You know, most right. YouTubers do 10 minutes or less. But what I'm getting at here is that there, there is a genuine production quality about it. Um, yeah. And that's, that's what you, sure. you give a damn, I think. And that's honestly where it separates it from, from other shows that, you know, might be popping up here and there that try and emulate it in some manner. Um, okay. To wrap up, let's switch gears a little bit. Social media marketing world. I'm coming back again. You keep inviting me back. You suckers for punishment, clearly, over there. Is this your second or third time? 
Dude, this is like my fifth time this week at your. Are you serious? Wait, wait, but have really fifth yes. time? Yes. I lose track, man. I lose track of time. Well, welcome back, man. <laughs> Here I was thinking I was bringing all the value bombs on on the planet with me each year. It's what is it? Second time? No, fifth time, man. Fifth. Really? Time. Okay. Well, you know, it's. It, <laughs> You you can appreciate this as a fellow event organizer. It all starts blurring together, man. I'm just gonna. I just want to give you some grief about it. That's all. This is my show. I can do what I want. Okay. Yes. <laughs> but I mean, this is my fifth time back, and I mean, th- is this number seven? seven? seven. Yeah. Seven. Okay. Number seven. So, how are you feeling about it now? Seven years in. I mean, you're on this mission to grow it. You know, it's pretty exciting, dude. Um, it's hard to grow it. I mean, we had 4,200 people there in 2018. And what was your target for 2018? I remember you telling me, but it, it, the it target was 5,000. The target okay. was 5,000. So we missed it. And the target this year is 7,000. And we just don't know if we're going to get it yet, but we're in the final like 70 days of it, which is when all the action happens. So right. far, sales are the strongest they've ever been, but it's really hard to predict what's going to happen. Like if the economy keeps tanking, then, you know, people's travel budgets get cut. So that's the struggle of the event business, but we're excited. We're, we're, um, we're doubling down this year on marketing. We got rid of most of the, like, we got rid of the whole podcasting track. We got rid of most of the blogging content. We got rid of the YouTube vlogger stuff and instead refocused on video creation and YouTube for business. We expanded a bunch of tracks, but we cut the total sessions down. We used to have 12 simultaneous sessions. Now we only have 10. And I know you're like only 10, <laughs> but it allows us to put bigger, have bigger rooms, fewer speakers, be more selective, increase the likelihood that when someone walks into a room, it'll be very high quality content. And yeah, I mean, it's a, it's a production, man. And it's, it's a lot of risk, costs millions and millions to put on, but it is, um, it is, I love it. You know, it's, it, it changes well, you know, I, I, I posted up on Instagram not so long ago announcing that I was going to be coming back again. And I said, like, you know, some people ask me why I keep going back every year. And that's because, and my answer is, is because it's a bloody good event, you know, and, and I'm an event organizer. And you know, just as much as I do, that event organizers are the toughest people to try and convince a show is good. <laughs> you know what I mean? And I, oh, yeah. I do, I, I come back over and over again um, because it's, it's, it's obviously an honor to always get invited back to speak, but there's a lot of friends, yourself included in San Diego, that I like to come and see and hang out with. But the event itself is just a class performance and it is a performance from you know pre-registration right the way up to the closing party. It's always very, very well done. Your team is fantastic and uh, it's just a good vibe and it's just a good vibe plain simple well thank you yeah so for you guys tuning in if you're not doing anything this coming march 20 to 22 i'm going to be doing an extended workshop on march 20 on personal branding and monetizing that personal brand um if you're not if you're not doing anything you've got nothing planned pop over to the social media marketing world website we will make sure that we link to that and everything else in the show notes obviously um but uh mike it was hey, a- by the way if you have something planned reschedule it man come on <laughs> chance to meet Chris. You see, now that, that's a true marketer right there talking. I love it. Yeah. Yes. Reschedule. Every, get, getting married, put it off for another month. Forget about yeah, it. Come on. She'll be with you for a while. <laughs> <laughs> 
Just kidding. <laughs> Just come on down. Bring her with you. Bring her with you. Don't worry about it. Um, no, but sincerely, great event. If you don't have anything planned or if you do have something planned and you want to come to another great event over in San Diego, make sure you go ahead and do so. March 20 to 22 at the San Diego Convention Center. I will be there. You will be there, Mike, and a whole bunch of other great people as well. Absolutely. And if you guys end up coming and you are convinced, uh, be sure to come up to me or Chris and say, Hey, that podcast interview that pushed me over the edge. <laughs> there you go. That's what we're talking about. You put our FM unite in San Diego, everybody, um, show notes, links to everything, including the journey and everything else that Mike's up to, which is with his fantastic team over at social media examiner over at youpreneur.com forward slash three, two, nine. Mike, thank you again for being with me, man. And for everybody else, thank you for tuning in. As always, I'll be back at you again next week with another episode. And Mr. Tom Ziegler is in the house next Friday. I'll be back at you then. Bye for now. If you enjoyed today's show, I'd love for you to check out the Youpreneur Mastermind Community. It's the go-to resource for everyone wanting to build a profitable, future-proof business based around their experience and those that they want to serve. So whether you're just starting out or if you've been working hard on your personal brand and building your online platform for a while, the Youpreneur Mastermind community can help you take everything you've been doing to the next level. With lots of training, live mastermind calls, and thriving community forums where you can get the feedback, advice, and more energy and encouragement than you'll know what to do with, the Youpreneur Mastermind community is the perfect place for anyone wanting to learn how to build, market, and monetize their personal brand. For more info and to get started on your new Youpreneur journey, head over to youpreneur.com today. I'll see you on the inside.